Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50 with Dallas and Michael. There is no such thing as no risk is today's topic. We, uh, I feel like this is going to be a bit hard to go straight back into this. We've just recorded five minutes of this podcast before we realised that we were having sound issues and now we've, we've got to go back over the beginnings of it again. So sort of the, the, the witty banter at the start is probably we, going to be... We, we haven't been having a few <laughs> technology problems by moving to new software. Yeah. Um, in fact, yeah, you probably would have, if you're a regular listener, you would have heard one or two podcasts in stereo. Yeah. Where Dallas, uh, you could hear Dallas through your left ear. Yeah. And hear myself through your right ear. So, yeah. we can assure you that we are sorting that problem out <laughs> and you won't be put through that again. But, uh, so hopefully, uh, everything. That's probably what our clients feel like at times. It's, it's as though one of them is sitting on their shoulder when they go to do something and it's just someone, that voice drilling into their I, head, I never so. thought of that. So. <laughs> uh, so as you said, Michael, our topic today, there is no such thing as no risk. So, uh, what, uh, what are your, what are your thoughts? Well, if you're listening, um, the chances are that you're in your fifties and, and the chances are that you probably would have thought at some stage, the closer that I get to retirement, shouldn't I be in more low risk? And it's a saying that I've been, that I've heard quite a lot over the last 20 years from, uh, from clients and potential clients and people that I talk to. Um, they, they talk about their superannuation. Uh, they make a saying when they say, shouldn't, shouldn't we be in, low risk yeah. um, and what I think they're talking about there yeah. is um, they believe that the closer they get to retirement the 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 less they should be in things that go up or down yep the price that goes up there yeah the we, um, the issue uh, we'll talk we'll talk about how that works in a minute but um, the issue is that that conversation is always or that thought is always one-dimensional yeah and it's one-dimensional from the point of view of um, the, the short-term balance yeah. of people's well, uh, retirement savings or their superannuation. Yeah. Um, to add the second dimension in yeah. would be, uh, for example, uh, you know, okay, um, this has the job of, of actually lasting the rest of my life, yeah. these retirement savings, and... and um, there's an overlay there, yeah. a big overlay that you actually need to take into consideration. So that the, the, the question or the conversation or the comment of shouldn't we be in more low risk, I can understand that comment. Yeah. Um, it, it, it really is a one-dimensional yeah. thought at that well, stage. And that's right. It's, it's basically saying uh, the, the point or the main thesis of, of how I think about this with, with risk is that there's no free lunch. There's no, there's no way to just magically have less risk. You just have to make a trade-off for what what other yeah. risk am I taking on more of in order to in order to minimise the risk that I'm talking about here. Yes. So, and that that's kind of what we're in in simple terms. The the one that we see a lot is that when it comes to retirement planning, 
people, uh, I would say, overestimate or they, they worry more about the, the, the risk of their super balance going up and down in the short term and they underestimate the risk of running out of money in retirement. Yes. Or their longevity risk. They, they underestimate the risk of I will live for a long time and I will need to spend a lot of money in retirement. So it sounds silly to call that a risk because it's better than the alternatives, but those two things are at, they are at odds with each other. Is that if you want to be invested in a way where I don't have any, you know, if, if someone is just talking about risk as my super balance going up and down, then obviously they're going to invest in a way that means that that just doesn't happen. But if they're not taking into account that other risk or the, the other side of the equation, then they're potentially doing themselves a disservice by not, not being invested in a way that also takes into account that other risk. Yeah, so, so it's a good time to probably use an example and, and, and to look at to look at two opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. um, right now as well is, is, a, is a good time to look at that because um, the what people refer to as low risk, yeah. um, so term deposits and bonds, yeah. they're returning a maximum of about 1% yeah. uh, in interest for you. Now, that's a maximum yeah. right now. So um, uh, if we look at that and you're sitting here at 55 yeah. and you have about a half a million dollars in superannuation, yeah. Um, to the far left yeah. of that, of you know, I'm using air quotes here. You can't yeah. see that, of course, but of low risk. Yeah. Um, if you said, okay, well, I'm going to expose, I'm going to put all of that money into effectively bonds and term deposits inside my superannuation. Yeah. Um, the 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 chance or the risk that that will go up or down is virtually zero. Yep. Yeah. Like you won't see any volatility of that. No. Um, what will happen though yeah. is that is that um, over the next even with you putting quite a bit of money in yeah. uh, and salary sacrificing and things like that and, and ticking all of those boxes the the maximum you'll get that to yeah. is about a million dollars yeah. over the next uh, ten years yeah. now um, that's the day that you retire yeah. and I've said this many times and your money goes to work for you your money <laughs> like this your money now has a full time job yeah. and, and that's, that's to go to work yeah. and derive an income for yeah. you so you've got a million dollars yeah. um, you're in low risk yeah. it's earning you 1% rate yeah. of return yeah. so that hey your money's only, yeah, your money's very low so it's yeah. only it's, look it's only generating $10,000 yeah. of uh, income yeah. every year so you're on the back foot straight away because because chances are, by that stage, you're going to need to draw about eighty thousand yeah. uh, of 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 net. I mean, the good thing is, if you set up correctly, of course, you don't pay income tax. So, yeah. eighty thousand uh, dollars with no income tax goes yeah. a lot further. It's, yeah, 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 that's right. Uh, but but the problem is, is that after the first year of your retirement, yeah. um, you've actually moved backwards by seventy thousand yeah. dollars. So you had a million dollars. It earned one percent rate of return for you. Yeah. Um, you drew eighty thousand dollars. Hey, yeah. you moved back by seventy thousand dollars. Now, yeah. if you rinse and repeat that, and this this is exactly what we were just talking about. Where all you've done, you can you can see after even one year, you go all of a sudden your focus would shift from I'm worried about my super balance going up and down to going Hey, it's only heading in one direction. Yeah, I'm now worried about I'm now running worried out. About running out. And so, so, so that's your point, Ellis, and I think it's a it's a great two dimensional discussion to have yeah. because it's always looked at yeah. one dimensionally. Yeah. And the two-dimensional discussion is yep. is that um, that yeah look I've stopped yep. I've stopped the chance of my balance going up or down yep. but I've increased so I've shifted risk yep. effectively you've shifted risky yes so you've that's, shifted that's, risk 
Uh, and now the big risk is that if I continue to do this, yeah. um, in around about ten years, I'll be fully out of money. Yeah, because because yeah, uh, yeah. That's, well, that's a little bit a little bit longer ten about about twelve thirteen years, I'll be running yeah. out of money. Um, that's exactly right, and that's what we what we sort of um, I, I think that uh, to take a step back from financial planning, I think in all aspects of life in our modern world, uh, this is all getting very very conceptual, but. In our modern world, one of the big things is that the risks in our modern world are, are, are hidden from sight. So mm. uh, I was just reading the other day talking about hunter-gatherer societies and uh, the author was making a point that they had they had a very direct uh, relationship with risk. So it was, if I go and, if I go hunting and I get something and then there's a pride of lions that, that find my wildebeest before, before I get to it, I then have a choice to make of, do I try and chase those lions away and, and get and get some food for my family, or yep. do I run away and live to fight another day? And that's a, you know, looking at that as that is a very clear cut situation of there are two opposing risks there. There are well, if I don't go and get that meat now, maybe I won't be able to get any before we starve to death, yep. or maybe I'll try and go and do that and the lions will eat me. So yep. you, you go, I think in in other situations we have a very clear delineation of what are, what are that we're in even in games we play you know when you're playing playing sports we know that there's a risk that if i do this thing then then that yeah. will either work it'll either pay off or it won't and and what are the downsides of that but in our modern world we often i think go i just want no risk without thinking what is what, what risk am i taking on in order to minimize this other risk over I, here? I know what you're talking about because i've heard this saying before where people are talking about their own mortality yeah and they they say if something should ever happen to me yeah, <laughs> yeah. And i go hang on a second <laughs> it is it is it is guaranteed that yeah. something will yeah. happen to you yeah that's that's some stage removed from that it's kind of a well, if something were to happen, no, no, that that is definitely going to happen. It's just a matter of what what are you willing to to do along the way. Yeah, and that's you know to use that as the example. You've got some people who are in the extreme. They never they never want to take any risks with their own physical safety, or mm. they or that you know they they'll eat um, you know kale for three meals a day because they want to live to a hundred. Mm. And then you've got other people who say, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and eat and drink and party and have a good time and enjoy myself and I'll yeah. and I'm accepting that I'll probably die soon. And it's it's those sorts of things. What what I find is though that when when people are making those choices, knowing that they're choices, they generally make the right choice for them, if that makes sense. Mm. What you have is that where it gets dangerous is the people who are again to use that example, the people who are complete health fanatics and um, not don't want to go and eat or drink or do anything different or take any risks for their physical safety. People that are doing that out of a fear of what will happen to me without going, this is a trade-off and I'm giving up some enjoyment. Yes. Enjoyment along the way. In the same way that if you've got people who are, um, you know, enjoying enjoying life in terms of eating and drinking more and doing those sorts of things, but but not also accepting <coughs> that I'm probably shortening my life expectancy. Yes. Here, that they, these are... And this is the big, the big one. The way that I think of it is that yeah, we know there's no such thing as no risk. We know that there are trade-offs to all these decisions. It's really just about going into this with your eyes open. Going, what am I trading off here to, to minimise this other risk? Yeah. So the alternative, what people would think, using that same example, yeah. to the right of the, the yeah. spectrum, um, that 55-year-old couple with uh, five hundred thousand dollars in their superannuation. Yeah. Um, 
to to say one dimensionally, what if they'd moved all of that money yep. into into shares, yep. um, which we know as companies, yep. people would say one dimensionally, look, that's very risky. Yeah, that's very risky. Yeah. However, yeah. Um, uh, you know, we know that the longer term conservative rate of return yeah. before tax on on companies is is eight percent yeah. uh, per year, yeah. and, and we know that maxing out salary sacrifice contributions for a couple yeah. with half a million dollars um, at age fifty five will and and getting an eight percent rate of return per annum as opposed to one percent rate of return will get them instead of getting to a million dollars every time it'll get them to closer to 1.5 1.6 million dollars and we know that the an eight percent rate of return now on 1.5 million dollars is is 120 thousand dollars a year so it's a big difference yeah because your money is now working at 120 thousand dollars a year for you yeah uh versus ten thousand dollars now um again one dimensionally i think people would say that is that is very risky um, so there is some sort of trade-off there and there's some way to handle risk. Yeah. And what I have written down here is yeah. that uh, you really need to build contingencies in for when, not, not if. if. Yeah. So again, using the, the yeah. if something should ever happen to yeah. me, <laughs> That's when right. something happens to yeah. me, whether when I, I die, say, this age is what I need to 75 or 85 or 95 or 105, yeah. Yeah. Um, we treat that the same way in terms of market yeah. volatility. Yeah, so right. so we say to our clients, um, look, when a thirty percent drop happens yeah. in in what you're invested into, yeah, we are going to handle it this way. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, when you retire, yeah, and the day that you retire, yeah. the market drops by thirty percent, yeah, which is Murphy's law. Yeah, um, we are going to handle it this way, which is yeah, you know, we are going to have parks to the side. Yeah. yeah. Uh, depending on who the person is or or, yeah. or, or or the situation and what they can or what they need to have and what they need to have working for them. Yeah. One to two years worth of income needs, yeah. parked aside in in things that don't go up and out. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. They, and they can draw their one uh, you know, their first or the the sec the, the first two years worth of income yeah. from those things, uh, when Murphy's law actually happens. Yeah. And that's that's I guess the 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 big thing about this is I, I um or even to give the example of uh, in retirement, people often uh, get to retirement or ask the question of uh, how much money do I need to retire? And we, we sort of use rough figures of you probably need about 20 times your first year's income. So if you need $50,000 a year, you probably need about a million dollars. But even even say that, and we're always very careful to say that is, that is probably the amount that maximises the likelihood that A, you won't run out of money, and also that B, you're not spending substantially less than you could be, because yeah. this is this is what tends to happen. Is we again we we go through it. We want we want guarantees. We want we want definite black and white answers. Mm. And, and in any sort of complex system, that's just not how it works. Mm. So you, you'll often hear um, different. Uh, yeah, you read about people talking about safe safe retirement withdrawal rates, and and I've read different articles where people go. Um, you know, five percent's too high. I think four percent, and then someone else chimes in and says, "Well, I think three. I think four percent's too high. I think three percent is safer." And yeah. it's again, as soon as you hear someone say, "I'm, I don't want to take any risk. That's safer." I always think, "Well, what's the other side of that trade? Is that if you if you retire with a million dollars and say, well, 'Well, I'm only going to spend thirty thousand dollars a year,' yes, you've you've really minimised your risk of running out of money, but you've also maximised your risk of 
you, you might die in your bed in 20 years time with 10 million dollars that you that you've got saved that you that you give to your kids which you go well geez we never did any of the things that we wanted to do in retirement we didn't go and travel we didn't go and have those experiences because we just lived our life worried about that one risk that's an excellent point that's an excellent point because you're right there um there's a huge difference to the to to you know person a's lifestyle if they're withdrawing three percent yeah of their portfolio yeah. um, compared to again an extreme someone that's that's yeah. drawing eight percent yeah because because that yeah. is a choice yes that's right and yeah. people you know can say okay well if I'm going to get an eight percent rate of return I want to take all that rate of return every yeah. year and, yeah. and, and and live a good lifestyle and um, and that's, that's uh, effectively not go backwards but yeah. not go forwards either I think, in terms I, I think of that's balance, so. to me the big thing about um, even with existing clients as we get closer to retirement. I think people, a lot of people wish there was a black and white answer. They wish that I could just say to them, this is what you do, do this, where yeah. it really is a process of discussion of what's most important to you. Yeah. And of all of the risks that are, that are on the table, which ones, are, which ones keep you up at night the most? Yeah. And how do we minimise those while, while also accepting that we're taking on more risk in other areas? One of the difficult things is that we have this spreadsheet yeah. And it's as yeah. long as your arm. <laughs> yeah. And and the spreadsheet calculates, you know, the last ten years of someone's working life and mm. how their superannuation grows. Yeah. Yeah. Each line yeah. if you can if you're listening and you can imagine each line is yeah. one year's yeah. worth of someone's life. Yeah. And um, so the first ten years you can you get a picture of your head of, of, of how sort yeah. of deep down yeah. ten lines of yeah. a spreadsheet goes. And then there's another 30 yeah. overlaid on top of that. So you get 40 spreadsheet yeah. lines. Yeah. And what you're trying to do um, at that point in time is is work out the next 40 years <laughs> of someone's <laughs> life. I mean, it's impossible yeah. to do. Yeah. It's a little bit like a, um, a flight. I guess they say that, that, that um, pilots will tell you that almost... Uh, no flight plan ever goes according to plan. No, that's like, right. But, that you have but it's the best plan. thing to have yeah. in the absence of having nothing. Yeah. So, so it's a little bit hard um, yeah. to say, hey, you know, if you if you draw eight percent a year yeah. instead of yeah. instead of three percent, yeah, this then is what that will do. You'll it's going to spit out at the end of those forty yeah. years. Yeah. Um, you're going to have X amount versus having yeah. you know, X amount yeah. elsewhere. So it's a little bit hard to. It's a little bit hard to do. You can really only have a yeah. plan in place and then and yeah. then actually amend it. Yeah, and have those discussions. I mean, we're big for having those discussions about the balance of life. Yeah, and and I mean, it's, it's a risk also to save every single cent that you earn. Yeah, for the last ten years, the last fifteen, or, or for your entire working life. Yeah, and um, yeah, put that into your superannuation or put that into investments. It's a, it's again a risk. It's, well, a, it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. It, it's that exactly, it is a trade-off because how many how many of those stories do you tell where people are, you know, a couple that saved everything, retired early, and then one of them passed away a year later? You know, and that that is a part of our job is to bring those risks to light for people because it's it's not something that's uh, fun to think about. But you also have to know that that's on the table. That's something that can happen. And and if you if we look at that as this is something that can happen, we've got to be honest about. You know, it may not be likely and it might mm. only be a very small likelihood, but if, if we have to take all those things into account when we're coming up with the best plan for, mm. for, for people, for a couple, there you go. This is, this is the best plan that we have now, knowing all of those different risks on the table and all the things that are most and least important to you. 
And then we also, the next part of the equation is, that's also, even how people think about those risks uh, change over time. You know, how, how many times have, have we had people say, well, I'm going to do this for the next 10 years, and, and like you say, we've got this is the 10-year plan for me to work, and then I've got 30 years of retirement, and this is what I'll do in retirement, and then six months later, they come in and go, well, everything's completely changed. This is this is now what the situation is. Yeah, and that's never built in any spreadsheet, and that's a big part of what I see as as our job is going. Okay, we need this flight plan at the start, mm. and we need to also be talking and be very honest <coughs> about. These are all the risks associated. These are all the ways this can go wrong. Now, we can't get rid of those risks. We can't guarantee that none of those things are going to happen, but we can take those into account when we're doing that plan. Yeah. That's excellent point. Um, so I think, I feel like this is one of those things that we could talk about in 30 different formats and in all these different case studies forever. So we should probably just knock it on the head. And I, I was thinking the same thing. I thought, is yeah. there anything else we can add here? Well, um, I'm actually, I've got, I've got a list of about five other different podcast topics that relate to this, but they're, but they're sort of their own 20 minute discussion. So look, I think, I think that's good because it, it is a big, it, it is a big point that people labour on yeah. as they approach retirement. Yeah. I think, and and and, and again, um, the thing that I would wrap up with is that people only ever think of it as one-dimensional. They only ever yeah. think of it as, is, oh, what's the chance of my super balance going up or down? Yeah. Um, they term that as risk. They don't think of, yeah. hey, if I don't, yeah. if this doesn't pull its weight enough, yeah, and doesn't get to a high enough balance, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and, and then not only that, Completely it's got to right. pull its weight because it's 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 got to go to work for us for yeah. thirty years. Yeah. It's, it's a whole it's yeah. a whole career. Yeah. So your money when yeah. you retire yeah. has to spend a whole career working for you. Yeah. And it has to be a good worker yeah. because yeah. because um, <laughs> the cost of things is only are only going up. Yeah. So that's the second dimension, and for us the more important dimension yeah. of of. Um, looking at risk yeah. and, and, and overlaying that, so it's it's really two dimensional. That, that's that's the I guess the way the, the point that I would uh, want to leave with is, is yeah exactly as you said, there is no such thing as no risk. So I feel like it's a good bit of a trigger anytime you hear the word risk or safe or whatever it is. Always, if you get into the habit of thinking of it as well, what's the other side of the equation, mm. it's like the, you know the, the saying of if you're at a poker table and you don't know who the sucker is, you're the sucker. If you hear someone talk about risk and you don't know what the other side of that risk is, you haven't really worked out what's going on yeah. yet. So there's always the way that any time you hear that as a, this is risky or this is safe or whatever it is, just get in the habit of thinking, okay, but what's the other side of that? What's the other side of that risk? Yeah. And what am I transferring a higher amount of that risk to in order to minimise the, the one that I'm looking at on this yep. side? Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.